Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. My message this morning, let no one say three things that should never come out of your mouth. Because when they come out of your mouth, you will stop God, God's power and God's angels from operating in your life. Three things you should never say or question. Are you ready? James chapter 1, Jacobus. Ik zeg voor mijn klein zien, want hij is nu een Afrikaanse school. Maar in elk geval, zijn naam is MJ, Marcus James. Hij zegt, nou is hij niet meer MJ, hij is nu Marcus Jacobus. So, Jacobus, hoofdstuk 1. Hoe die heren ons ooit sik Afrikaans naam gegeen? Arm Johannes Jacobus, prijs God vir my pa en my ma. Ek weet nie wat hulle gedink het, maar in elk geval. James chapter 1 verse 2, the Bible says, My brothers, count it all, say it, joy. <laughs> Not a lot of joy that you see today, right? Philippians 4 verse 4, the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. When? He says, when you fall, into various trials, tests, challenges, tribulations. That's the time to count it joy because there's something you have to know that God is going to deliver you, that God is going to come through for you, that no matter what you are facing, God is not going to abandon you. That's why no matter how dark your valley this morning, you can count it all joy. And if you lose your joy, you lose your strength. Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, can somebody rejoice here this morning? You are facing somebody, something you are feeling like crying. You feel like quitting, you feel like giving up. Oh, just rejoice in the Lord. Yeah, remains, do it again. So every time you, you, you think about your problems, you have to rejoice. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Something that we don't like, patience. We receive the promises of God through faith and patience. Geduld. No instant. We thank God when He does miracles, but we have to walk and dispossess the enemy and possess the promised land. So I don't speak against miracles. He is a miracle worker. He is a way maker. He is a promise keeper. But the Bible is very clear. The just shall live by faith. We build our lives by faith. The Bible says, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So it says, count it all joy when you go through a test trial. And know this, that your faith is being tested. And your faith is, your, this test is going to require patience, geduld. Like the guy that says, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. Sounds like you in traffic, amen. It says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Wisdom, the ability to apply knowledge, because when you're in a crisis, you need God's mind, the Word, and guidance by the Holy Spirit, how to walk through your valley, or how to walk around your mountain, or how to outlast your storm. You need wisdom. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. It doesn't say run for prophecy, he says, when you're in a crisis, rejoice. Know that God's going to deliver you. It may take a while. 
And then he says, you have to ask God for wisdom. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding how you are going to go through your storm, your trial, your tribulation. It says, but let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. So God gives, amen, without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering, double-minded. No doubting. You're facing a crisis and you're making plan Bs. That's doubt in disguise. Worry is doubt in disguise. You, when, 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 when God gives you a word, there's no plan B, C, D. There's no what if it doesn't work because that's doubt in disguise. Then you better go rely on plan B. You have to get the mind of God. You have to make up your mind that God's intention, we'll see that now, for you is good. That God is going to bring you through your trial because God tells you at the start of your trial, count it all joy. And know that your faith is going to be tested. And He says, ask of God for wisdom, but you have to ask in faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a reward of those who diligently seek Him. So your child has been diagnosed, is at the doctor, things may be getting worse, better, I don't know. But I want to tell you, you don't begin to waver. You don't become double-minded. Because the Bible says you have to ask in faith. You cannot waver. You cannot today believe this and tomorrow say that. You have to make up your mind what it is that you believe because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The Bible says, let not that woman... Okay, that man, suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Can you believe that there are churches that want to take the outfather out of the Bible and no longer... And I speak out against this nonsense because it's nonsense. And uh, churches actually are making this decision right now that we take God as a father out of the Bible and we don't pray our father, but our parent. And we don't talk about Jesus as the son of God, but Jesus as the child of God. Come on, this is going too far, child of God. I said, this is going too far, come on. Come on, if you love God as your father today, just make the devil mad and give him a worship, give him a praise, come on. We pray to God our father. My word, who do these people think they are to rewrite the Bible now after 4,000 years? Absolute deception from the pits of hell. Okay. But let him ask in faith, no doubting. What is doubt? What if it doesn't work? It's the question mark on your faith that you cannot allow in your heart or your mind. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now, I never wrote this Bible. I'm declaring it. He is double-minded and stable in all his ways. Now listen, if you at a place of indecision, everything in your life will become unstable. You have to make up your mind what God's will is for your life and not today, I'm staying in South Africa. Tomorrow, I'm going to New Zealand. The day after that, I'm going to England. Make up your mind. Not what is the path of least resistance, but what is God's will for your life? And then use your faith to slay your giants and use your faith to see God's will manifest in your life. You cannot be double-minded. Because the person you confuse is your heart. Because your heart brings forth what you say out of your mouth. 
So maybe this is God's plan for my life. Well, how did God change His mind so suddenly? When Israel went to spy out the promised land, they saw the giants and they wanted to change their minds, but God never did. God said, that is your land of milk and honey, but there are giants. There's always going to be giants. There are always going to be trials and challenges. Come on, there's always gonna be adversity. In John 16, 33, Jesus said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So, so, so no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter where you live, as long as you breathe, there will be trials, tests, and storms. Emotionally, physically, relationally, financially, things may be going brilliantly and suddenly, it's always a suddenly, there's a storm that comes. And then James comes, who's a very direct apostle, he says, hey, 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 count it all joy. Hallelujah, count it all joy. I mean, the last thing we feel like doing is to rejoice, right? When all hell breaks loose. But he says, uh-uh, uh-uh. The devil will not have the final say. You're not going under, you're going over. This is not your end, this is your beginning. What is meant for evil, God is gonna turn around for your good. You don't pitch your tent in the land of hopelessness. You keep on, oh, come on in the name of Jesus Christ. You keep on keeping on and you count it all joy, come on. Some of you need to rejoice in the Lord this morning. I feel it in my spirit. You are going through a difficult season. You feel like quitting, you are discouraged. Come on there in television land, stand on your feet and rejoice in the Lord, come on. That is an act of faith. It is a decision of your highest praise, come on. Mensen klaar, 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 klaar. De Heere sê nee. Jy moet jubel. Jubel. En jy moet juig al wat leef. Kom nou jylle. Jy voel om op te gee. Die Heere sê nee. Acht het loutere vreugde. Halleluja. Uh, well, I will not speak in Afrikaans ever again because there's no reaction. None of you understand me. Count it all joy. Come on. Count it all joy. Not suck your thumb. Not feel sorry for yourself. Not give up. Not quit. Not talk about your giants, your problems, but count it all joy. So it says in verse 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved. He's endured the temptation, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now listen, let no one say when he's tempted. That word tempt means when you go through a test, a trial, a challenge. It says, let no one say when he's tempted, I am tested, tried, tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Verse 17, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So number one, the first thing you can ever say is God is the cause of my adversity. Now remember, Satan is a liar and is always going to cast doubt on the integrity of God and God's Word. As he did in the Garden of Eden, he said, has God said, well, 
If God cared about you, this would not have happened. No, God cared so much that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you 2,000 years ago, knowing that you would face your adversity and your storms, knowing that He would deliver you. Come on, knowing that He would sustain you in that valley. Don't allow the devil to lie to you about God and put a question mark on God's integrity. God is good and His mercy endures forever. Every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. So your trial, your test, your temptation, does not come from God. Listen to me very carefully. John chapter 9, when that man was born blind, Jesus said, or the the people said, who sinned, this man or his parents? He said, neither. They never brought this upon themselves. It's part of the fall of man. The thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. John 10, 10 says, I have come that you may have life and have more abundantly. Why is this important? Because if you question God's integrity, your faith cannot operate. If you think God brought it upon you, there's no pathway to restoration because your heart is disillusioned towards your Father. And that means when you come into the throne room of grace, your heart can never be put at rest. You never have confidence that God is good towards you because does He have a stick today? Does He have a reward today in His hand? And James right. The whole chapter one is talking about test, trial and tribulation. He says how to face it when it comes, rejoice. You have to know that God's gonna give you wisdom. You have to know that God's gonna bring you through. You cannot afford to become double-minded. When do people become double-minded? When they question, is this God's will for me? Well, then he says every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights with whom there's no variables or shadow of turning. So although God is not the cause of evil, God will work in all situations. Amen. I mean, God never threw Daniel in the lion's den. God never threw Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the midst of the fire. But when they found themselves in the fire, Jesus showed up. He sustained them and He delivered them. And I'll tell you the same. God's going to show up in your fire. God's going to show up in your adversity. God's going to show up in your relationship. And God is going to deliver you on the battleground. Shout Amen in Jesus' name. So you can never ever let your heart question. I know that we have been taught wrong in our religious upbringing, that everything is God's will. Well, then God must be very, very, very confused. Because if God makes you sick and the doctor makes you whole, who's working against God's will? If God brought this sickness upon you, what are you doing at the doctor? You're working against the will of God. We all know that sickness does not come from Jesus. He died for your sickness. He died for your disease. It's not God's will for you. Well, well, this, this poverty in my life is just the cross I have to be. Well, then stop complaining and stop looking for a job and stop praying for God to change things in your life because if that's God's will for it, then settle it. So God is not in partnership with the devil. We have to understand this, let no man say when he goes through a test, a trial, a tribulation, that God is doing this to me. You have to get this. If it's the only truth you get, it's gonna keep your faith strong for the rest of your life. Because it's the number one thing the devil does. He questions God's integrity. Well, if God loved you, why did this happen to you? If God cared about you, why did this happen to you? Well, if God is so powerful, He could have prevented this. See, my brother and my sister, we're still living in this world. It's a fallen world. Even the disciples with Jesus in their boat went through storms and adversity. 
And Jesus taught them how to overcome the storms and the adversity. They had to walk through the trial. Psalm 23, the one we all love, He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Lord, You are there. You rod and You staff, they comfort me. So He says, there are gonna be times that you're gonna walk through a valley, a valley of darkness, a valley of loneliness, a valley of discouragement, a valley of despair, a valley of misunderstanding, a valley of loss, a valley of pain, a valley of tragedy. That is just called L-I-F-E. It is called life. We don't want it, but it's part of life. But God says, I have told you, you will have peace in me, peace that surpasses all understanding. And you can know no matter how bad things are, you can rejoice in the Lord. And you can know that God is faithful. And over a period of time, God is gonna bless you. And at the end of your life, you're gonna look back over your life and say, when I thought God wasn't there, God was there. God carried me, God kept me, God sustained me, God protected me. Oh, come on, you don't even know how much God is doing for you behind the scenes. Give Him a praise here today in Jesus' Name. Come on. No, you need to praise Him a little bit better than that, CRCE. I mean, people think they get saved, they're never going to have a day of trouble. No, 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 no. You have trouble whether you're born again or not. Amen. Well, I thought when I give my life to Jesus, all my problems are going to disappear. No. Now you remember your problems because previously you drank your problems away. Now you have to man up and you have to walk through it. But I'll tell you this, you're going to see God's goodness. Amen. I said, I said, you're going to see God's goodness. I said, you're not going to see God fail you. God is not going to forsake you. God is not a man that he shall lie. God has an intended outcome for your trial and tribulation. So let no one say, God is the cause of my adversity. The Message Bible says, anyone who meets a challenge, a test, challenge, a testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. You have to stick it out. Right? That's why we have the Holy Spirit as our strengthener, as our comforter. This Christian deal is not just boom and all your troubles go away. No, 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 no. He gives you grace. When Paul was wanting to quit, he cried out to God. God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is perfected in your weakness. Then he says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. What do you think is that? That's God's grace. He asked God, God, get rid of this devil, get rid of this persecution. God says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And I want to say that to you this morning. I wish your problems would disappear. But I'll tell you something, without a test, there's not a testimony. You are going to come through stronger. You are going to come through better, not bitter. You are going to come through giving God the glory and the praise on the other side. Whether it takes three days, three months or three years, I don't care. But you are not a quitter. You're not going to become double-minded. You are going to walk through your valley as a rejoicer. You're going to rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the mercy of God, rejoice in the goodness of God. You're going to see that child that has backslidden come back to Jesus Christ. He will serve the Lord. You are going to see that husband come back to Jesus Christ. You are going to see your relatives saved. You are going to see things turned around in Jesus' name. But you better stick it out. You better keep your eyes on Jesus. You better keep your hands raised and praise Him while you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You cannot be a quitter, a naysayer. You can't be a liar towner in Jesus' name. You have to believe in the goodness of God. God, you are 
good and your mercy endures forever. Every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lies. Come on, shout amen. So he says, anyone, my word, I'm not even at page one of nine. I need a lot of time actually to teach the Word of God. This one hour services, I don't know. We'll have to do something about it. Says anyone who meets a testing challenge head on. There's so much in the Word. Amen. You can't run away. Because you're going to find a challenge that you're going to have to meet head on. Some of you are in your fifth marriage. I don't criticize you. But the problem is not with all the men. <laughs> if you swap your husband every two years, you better go look in the mirror. Maybe you're not the easiest person to live with. Okay, moving along. For such persons loyally in love with God, all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. So all things don't work together for good for everybody. All things turn out for the good to those who love God and those who are committed to His purpose for their lives. Joseph. Not every believer. The believers who love God and the believers that are committed to the cause and the purpose of Christ for their lives. That's why you can never reclaim ownership of your life and the I will shows up in your life. You need to, if the Lord wills, which is an attitude of humility and dependence. If the Lord wills, not I will, not I think, if the Lord wills, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You want God to walk with you, then you have to walk with God, not the other way around. He says, don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say, God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. Verse 16, so my dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God. Nothing two-faced. His yes is yes and His no is no. His promises are yea and amen in Christ. Hallelujah. No matter what you are facing, don't become double-minded. Don't question God's integrity, God's character, and the very nature of God, who is love and personifies goodness. So there's nothing two-faced about God. Not like people who say this today and tomorrow they change their mind. God's not like this. God established His love for you 2,000 years ago when He put His Son on the cross. And the Bible says, He who did not spare His own Son, sacrificed Him, how shall He not freely with Him give us all things. So God demonstrated His will towards you by giving His best, by sacrificing His Son, Jesus Christ. And we saw that last week. If God loves you so much, then God is not going to put you through evil. God is not going to put you through a test. Now may God, God may test your allegiance or loyalty to Him. Abram, 
but God will not test you with evil. Do you get that? God will not test you with sickness. God will not test you with a, a, a lack. God will not test you with the storms of life. God will be there and He will sustain you. If you don't know where your, your if you don't know who the origin or who the originator is of your trouble, how do you know what to do? So if it's God, how can you fight God? You cannot. If it's God's will, how can you pray against God's will? It's like I've had these debates with people so often. They say, well, the Lord, you know, He's testing me. You go pray for them in hospital. You say, do you want me to pray for them? They say, yeah, if the Lord wants to heal me. I say, whoa, 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 whoa. We have to qualify very quickly whether the Lord wants to heal you because I don't want to pray against God's will. So let's qualify, does God want you healed or not? If we don't know, if we're neutral, if we're in a place of indecision, double-mindedness, faith cannot operate because let Him ask in faith without wavering. So is it God's will to get you out of your trouble? Yes or no? Is it God's will to get you out of depression? Yes or no? Is it God's will? I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I'm saying Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation. Not you will cause your own tribulation. Not you will open a door and there will be tribulation. You don't have to beat yourself over the head because you're suffering with depression or you have some sickness or some challenge or some lack in your life. That's not the issue. The issue is we need to get you out of your trial, out of your tribulation and establish the fact that God is not the cause of the chaos in your life. But God wants to bring you through. So you need to position yourself, listen, because the image you have of God is the most important image you can have in life. How do you relate to God? You. How do you relate to God? Who is God to you? A father that's two-faced. A father that you don't know what to expect from? Well, James is very clear. He says, every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father of life, with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. God's not two-faced. God's not a schizophrenic. God is not one day this and another day something else. When you come to God, you will find an open hand. You will not find a stick in His hand. So this is the basis of your faith because your faith is rooted in understanding the love God has for you, which is unconditional and not performance-based, that you have access to the throne of grace to find help in a time of need. But you have to clarify it for yourself. What you went through, what you're going through, God is not the cause of it. Can you deal with it or not? Three amens. The rest of you are doubting. Because it's easy to blame God for everything, isn't it? But where does it leave us? Angry, bitter, confused about who God is? Because it's wonderful to stand at a funeral and say, the Lord gives, the Lord taketh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And everybody feels better for it. It makes us feel better. But what does it say about God? Did we just read the Bible? I see so many question marks where your nose is. Did we just read the Bible? Let no man say when he goes through evil, tested, go through a trial crisis that God is the cause of it. 
Why does he say that? Because when you, when you do not, when you doubt God's position concerning your situation, your faith will be neutralized. And that is Satan's master ploy to put your faith in question because you question the integrity of God. And I've met with how many people who can't lift their hands and worship God anymore because of some disappointment, something that happened and they somehow in their hearts believe that God has failed them. God has failed me. I don't think life is that simple. You know, when my brother died, it took me three years to, to try and figure this out. I still haven't. Because it, I thought he was going to live. I prayed for him, etc., etc. Everybody that was anybody prayed for him. 51 years old, in the prime of his life, at the peak of success. But you know what? I made up my mind. I'm not going to allow what happened to my brother to define my faith and my belief in who God is because God's character is spelled out in the Word of God. God's Word is what we believe. And my brother, that is not denial. That is reality. Sometimes life gives you an unfair blow. Sometimes life is filled with hurdles and obstacles, but it does not change the position of God. It does not change the love of God. He doesn't change the fact that God is good and His mercy endures forever and that God will have the final say. And I'll tell you, while I'm preaching out this morning, my brother is in the grandstands of heaven shouting and cheering me on and saying, preach louder. Go stronger in the name of Jesus Christ. I haven't stopped praying for the sick because he died. I haven't become disillusioned. I'll tell you, yes, my faith was shaken for a season, but I got my nose in the Word of God. I studied the Word of God and I saw that God's Word is real. No matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, and you have to make up your mind to say, the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever in the name of Jesus. Come on! Some of you have scars. God's going to turn them into stars. God is going to turn your tragedy into a triumph if you allow Him to. But you have to stop blaming God and everything is not as simple as, well, is it the devil? Is it the doctor? Is it this? Is it that? No. The Bible says sometimes it happened. So our faith is in something much more than in a moment. Our faith is in a living God. And that is, no matter what you face, what you're going through, you have to be anchored in God's love. And you have to set your heart right before God. And I really do feel it this morning by the Holy Spirit that some of your hearts have become shaken in your relationship towards your Father. And you are almost like in denial, in neutral. And I want to encourage you as I had to, you have to go back before God and lift your hands before God and say, Father, you are good. Amen. On your battlefield, in your battleground, what you are facing, you have to go and, and not blame God and not shout at God and not curse God and not tell God is evil because God is not the cause of evil. God is your Father. God loves you. God doesn't want any wrong to happen in your life, but these things happen and your Father is there. Listen to me this morning to sustain you, to carry you, to lift you up, to love you to protect you, to preserve you. He's your Father. And you have to turn your eyes back to Him. When Job went through everything he went through, the Bible says Satan went from the presence of God and caused havoc in his life. God restored. Yes, he lost children. He lost possessions. 
God restored everything. It doesn't mean you're better off. You lost a child. Now another child is going to replace that child. No, but it means it's not the end of the story. That loss, that child is in heaven. God's going to give you another baby. God's going to give you another child. You had a miscarriage at seven months. Listen, God's going to restore you. Don't you get cynical. Don't you get bitter. Don't you get in a place of disbelief or unbelief where you question God, His love and His integrity. If you would allow Him He would put His arms around you this morning again. And He would comfort you and give you the assurance that He's not against you. It's not a theology. It's a reality. He's for you. He loves you. And there's nothing He will not do for you. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Come on, family. Let us every head is bowed and every eye closed in this place. Come on, God is an amazing God and He's good. That as our pastor spoke this morning, that many of you are standing in this room today and you know that if you had to die, that you are not sure that you'll spend eternity with Him. Maybe because of circumstances, maybe because of the things that happened to you. There's a regret. There's a distance in your heart from Him. And this morning, God is calling you back and He's saying, come. He loves you. He wants to restore you. He wants to love you more than you can ever imagine but you need to allow Him, that His love is always there. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed and believers praying in this place. Maybe you're standing here and you're saying that I used to serve Him, but I've drifted away. And this morning we wanna give you that opportunity to come back to Him because God loves you. This whole service was designed this morning that you can have this one encounter. We have no promise of tomorrow. So if that is you, quietly, wherever you are, if you'd like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, or you'd like to return, or you'd like to make sure that He is, please be so kind just to lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray with me. Come and lift up your hand now. As hands are being lifted on the balcony, on the flank. Thank you for the hands at the bottom. Come on, if that is you, just slip it up. Say, God, I'm not going to waver anymore. Like Elijah told the people, if God is God, then serve Him. And this morning we come and we say, Come on, you need to be not double-minded, but you need to make a decision that today is the day that you'll surrender to Him as we have no promise of tomorrow. If you lifted up your hand, you can put it down. If you have not, please put it up now for us. Come on, our hands are being lifted all over this place. Come on, some of you have that uneasiness. There's like this turmoil happening in your gut, but you know it's the Holy Spirit that is pulling you and saying, come, come, He loves you. No matter what you've done yesterday, no sin that you did yesterday can separate you from the love that God has for you. But you need to accept Him and choose Him today. So if that is you, just slip it up. That's the indication that we can pray for you. We want to say to every single one of you that are standing in the front that God loves you more than you can ever imagine. And I know many of you are going through storms. Pastor speak about it this morning. He preached an amazing message. And He said that the Helper will be there to carry and help you and guide you. But as you accept Jesus today, that Helper will come and live in the inside of you. And He will guide you and lead you. But as a family, we would love to do the same. We want to be there for you. We want to pray with you. We want to stand in agreement. But you need to allow us to be part of that. And in a moment, we're going to lead you in a prayer. And then we're going to take you into a room where we're going to pray for you. Take your personal details so that we can make sure that we connect with you, that we can call you this week that you can get part of a home cell, that we can pray and stand in unity with you. So if you're here in the front, you can just be so kind.
just to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes. This is between you and God. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you're just going to say after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again and that you live forevermore. I thank you, Father. From today, I'm a brand new person. The old has passed and the new has come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, family. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.